Welcome to Knowledge on the Go, where we explore the leading practices that have emerged in Vizient's PI collaboratives. I'm Marilyn Sherrill, Senior Performance Improvement Program Director of Vizient and your program host. In this podcast, we'll discuss surgical services throughput as it relates to operating room utilization. Surgery is important to a hospital's mission, revenue, and margins. Deferred surgeries, preventive care, rising patient acuity, a maturing inpatient to outpatient shift, and the persistent pressure of health inequality are impacting surgery volumes. Currently, operating room operational metrics are not publicly available. Hospital and OR leadership want to know how they are performing compared to others regarding their current operational state to identify areas for improvement. Today's podcast is the first of a two-part series addressing surgical services throughput. Joining me for today's discussion is Dr. Jay Prasowski, Principal, Operations and Quality, with a background as a general surgeon, and Roseanne Zagone, Associate Principal, Advisory Services, with years of experience as an operating room nurse and leader. Both of my guests today are from Vizient. Dr. Prostowski and Roseanne, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us, Marilyn. Thank you for having us. Dr. Prostowski, is it okay if I call you Dr. J? Absolutely. Great. I'm going to start with you, Dr. J. When we think about surgical services throughput, why is operating room utilization so important? Marilyn, operating room utilization is quite possibly the single most important metric for those interested in the operational effectiveness and optimization of operational throughput in the operating room. It is a metric that summarizes neatly how well an operating room is using its most important resource, that is the working hours of the operating room when it is staffed and when the operating room and hospital are ready and able to take surgical patients. It is a very expensive resource. For many patients, the day of surgery, if they're having an operation during their hospitalization, the actual day of surgery is the single most expensive day of their entire hospitalization. And using that operating room is a significant investment. To summarize, operating room utilization tells a client how well they are using that resource. Very good. Let's talk about the basics here. How is operating room utilization determined and or calculated? It is typically determined as a ratio of the number of minutes or hours that patients are in operating rooms divided by the available working hours. That's at a very high broad level. Some of the details are important. Typically, people will only look at utilization, how much time patients are in the room, divided by availability of rooms during working hours, 7 to 3, 7.30 to 3.30, Monday through Friday, excluding federal holidays, perhaps. And then finally, they will take a close look at their staffing to understand how much staff they have to accommodate these cases during the height of the working week during the day. Some places will also look at not just utilization in terms of staffing hours or staffed hours, but their total physical capacity because many places have more rooms than they are actually staffed. So we will see what we call physical utilization as opposed to staffed utilization. And last but not least, it's also important to think about how is turnaround time, the time between cases, Marilyn, in plain language, wheels out of the first case up to wheels in of the second case. 
no patients in the room, but the room is being used, it's being prepared for the next case. And so some clients will often use turnaround time in their calculation of utilization. Others, for various reasons, don't use turnaround time. Both are legitimate. It's just important to be clear about what we're doing, particularly as we wish to compare to others to see how we're doing. You address the fact that some include room turnover time in their operating room utilization calculations and some do not. Roseanne, tell me why use it or why not use it. Well, the turnaround time can be quite variable between cases depending on the types of cases depending on whether it's the same type of case or a different type of case or the same specialty or a different specialty. Given the fact that the turnaround time is so highly variable, it is also a key performance indicator that is measured separately and monitored for process improvement quite regularly. If you continue to work on improving your turnaround time, If you are including turnaround time in your utilization, as you improve your turnaround time, your utilization will actually go down. Or if your turnaround times are extraordinarily long, then that will make your room utilization look higher than it really is just due to the inefficiency of the turnaround time. So turnaround time can inaccurately boost utilization. Is that what you're saying, Roseanne? Correct. Dr. J, can you talk about the item that most impacts optimal utilization? There are a variety of factors that do so, Marilyn. We find most commonly that the approach and implementation of policies and procedures related to block utilization is probably the most significant lever in terms of optimizing utilization. Many institutions, many hospitals have a very extensive block schedule policy. It is not uncommon for us to see that 90, 95%, even 100% of available staff time is blocked. The operating room has made a commitment to a surgeon or to a group of surgeons to use a certain time during the day, during a particular weekday on an ongoing and recurrent basis. What we find is that that impedes new surgeons being recruited to that hospital or surgeons who are already on staff but don't have block time from being able to operate, from being able to schedule cases and the like. In fact, it's not unusual that we will find that even for busy surgeons who have block that because of the block policies that are in place, they would actually bring more cases to the hospital if they could operate outside of their block, that is, if it were available to them. We find that policies related to when a block is released, so that presumably a surgeon's going on vacation, they release their block, and others could potentially use that time in their stead. It's not unusual that those policies either are not enforced or the release is so close to the day of surgery that it's really not possible for a surgeon and their patients to prepare properly for that day. Long story short, the single most important lever that keeps us from optimizing our utilization is unused block and therefore the policies and procedures that a hospital may have in place for block assignment and utilization. Can you talk a little bit about what is meant by an open room block and how does that help with operating room utilization? 
Sure. Many places have tried to address this challenge by doing a few things to accommodate both those surgeons who don't have block, as well as, and again, it depends on the hospital and the nature of their surgical practice, the nature of their surgical patients, but also institute measures to accommodate add-on cases, emergency cases, and the like. Those cases that can't be predicted, but come up in a predictable way and want to be sure to accommodate those cases without disturbing the regular elective schedule that they've compiled. What some places do is that they will have rooms that are unassigned to a surgeon or a surgeon group, but are designated for multiple purposes. It may be an add-on room or an urgent case room for cases that come up overnight or emergencies that are happening in real time. And they may have so-called open rooms, sometimes called first-come, first-serve rooms, and that's probably the best way to think about it. That is, on a regular basis, there are rooms that are completely unassigned and available to anybody who wishes to put a case on, whether that case is six months from now, six weeks from now, if there's time available six days from now. Many of those places will indicate that if you're a block surgeon, you can't schedule into those rooms unless you have already filled up your block that week, for example. But this is a way to allow some flexibility and very useful, particularly for hospitals that are actively recruiting and bringing in surgeons, particularly veteran surgeons. Think about it. You're bringing in a surgeon who has a reputable practice that is going to attract patients fairly quickly. And if you're fully blocked, where are they going to operate? You've got to create some time, and so you've got to take block from someone else. If you already have open rooms as part of your culture, your schedule, then you have a place where they can land from the get-go, and maybe eventually they'll get blocked themselves, but at least in that interim period, they'll have a place to do their cases, and we can accommodate them. So that's the general concept of open rooms. Great. Roseanne, is the calculation of operating room utilization a standard methodology? Is it done the same way in every organization, whether they use turnaround time or not? Do they all do it the same way? You should be looking at the utilization based on your staffed rooms and also looking at your facility utilization so that you know what the opportunity is to increase volumes if you were to bring on additional staff. But the calculation is pretty standard. The denominator is the number of minutes that rooms are staffed. So you might staff for eight hours, you may staff for 10 hours, and the number of rooms that are being staffed. Calculating out those minutes and then dividing that by the number of minutes that you actually have a patient in the operating room with or without turnaround time, depending on how your facility determines to calculate up that room utilization. But that also impacts what you should expect your utilization percentage to look like. For example, if you're including your turnaround time, then you should be seeing a 90 to 100% utilization of your operating rooms. On the flip side, if you are excluding your turnaround time, then you can anticipate seeing about a 70% up to 80%, depending on the types of cases and the turnaround times for your OR utilization. Marilyn, I would add another comment here as we think about this topic of utilization. We mentioned earlier that it's an important metric, maybe the single most important metric to understand your overall efficiency and the effectiveness of your utilization of this resource. 
The other aspect of this that is important to explicitly state is it's also an opportunity to understand your growth potential. Consequently, it's not unusual that we hear places tell us we're really busy. We can't squeeze any more cases in. We want to grow, but we're going to need to build more operating rooms. Before we're willing to accept that comment, we look at the OR utilization. And as Roseanne just mentioned, if you're including turnaround time and you're at 90 to 100%, well, indeed, you're probably near capacity. But if you're including turnaround time and you're somewhere around 65 to 70%, or if you're not including turnaround time and you're around 50%, 55%, which we commonly see, you have a lot of unused capacity. You've got the physical space. You've got the staffing in place. You're just not using it as effectively. Before we get to the thought of investing capital dollars to build more operating rooms, which is an expensive proposition, let's use what we have. Let's use what we're paying for, more importantly, as effectively and as efficiently as we possibly can. It's a measure of efficiency, but it's also importantly for strategic officers and service line leaders and C-suiteers an opportunity to understand what the growth potential of your current operating room resources actually are. And Marilyn, the other misconception that we often see in the calculation of OR utilization is that the hospital is more focused on calculating block utilization, how much their block surgeons are utilizing their blocks, instead of really focusing on the truly more important calculation of OR utilization, both staffed OR utilization as well as facility utilization. Mm, Very nice. This is interesting, and I'm going to just put it out there. We have listeners that are wondering how they compare. And you all are out in the field and visit lots of different organizations. What are those typical utilization rates that you see on average with or those without using turnaround time? If we're not using turnaround time, we commonly see utilization in the 55 to 60 percent range. As a rough thumbnail sketch, adding turnaround time increases that by about 15 points. So somewhere around 70 to 75 percent if we're including turnaround time. Conversely, most places typically have at least a 25% or 30% unused capacity in their operating rooms that they can take advantage of. As Roseanne mentioned, those at the high end would be in the 90 to 100% range if we're including turnaround time. In the low end would be with turnaround time less than 60%, with most somewhere in the mid-60s to high-60s. And remember that the underutilized ORs are often also related to poor scheduling. The poor scheduling cases end up running past the staff scheduled hours. And what happens then, the impact is the cost of labor goes up with payment of callback for your call teams and the payment of overtime. So it really is important to maximize the utilization of those staffed OR hours. That's great. Those are the folks who are lagging or underutilizing their operating rooms. Those are opportunities for them. Is that what you're saying? Oh, definitely. As well as the increased opportunity for volume, increased 
and the revenue impact of bringing in additional cases, either from new surgeons or from current surgeons who may be taking some of their cases to other hospitals due to their inability to get onto the OR schedule. Most hospitals are having challenges with revenue right now and thus maximizing the OR utilization during the most cost-effective times is advantageous to the overall bottom line for the hospital. Any other thoughts for our listeners? There's two parts to this discussion. One is how do we calculate utilization? And Rosanna's provided a lot of detail and comment around that. But we need to be very clear. We need to be honest with ourselves about making decisions about how we treat the data so that we get to the source of truth as close as we possibly can. If you want to use turnaround time, fine. But long turnaround times tend to make utilization look better. We're not trying to make this look bad or good. We want to know where are we at to be very clear about what we're using, how we're doing the calculations, be as fair as possible is is critically important. Once we have determined what our utilization is and then can act upon it to optimize utilization, we now at least have our benchmark from which we can proceed. Likewise, we talked about how we use block. Roseanne talked about scheduling accuracy, a critical element that is probably underutilized by most people to understand best how to construct a good schedule. First case start, which also very critical to get the day started off properly. And it's really quite interesting how small delays at the beginning of the day create bigger delays at the end of the day. But that's another area to look at. Turnaround time might be an opportunity for improvement. Many places do it reasonably well, but certainly that's a possibility. Roseanne alluded to this, that are cases done outside of your staffed hours appropriate for outside of your staffed hours? Ideally, anything outside of staff hours at night and on weekends should be emergencies or urgent cases that really cannot wait. We see more times than you would like, I suggest, elective cases being done at night or on weekends. Not entirely clear why that is the case, but that happens with some regularity. And gee, those are the cases you'd love to be able to do during the week, during your staffed hours, when you've established this fixed labor resource and use it maximally. So there may be a number of levers that we can deal with when we didn't mention cancellations. Probably one of the most frustrating. It doesn't happen that often for most places, usually one to two percent, but some places are over five percent. I've even seen over 10 percent. You're all dressed up and ready to go and you got to cancel the patient. Some are unavoidable, but if it's happening often, boy, that is a real loss that is irretrievable. So lots of things to look at as you line this up and then try to prioritize where you want to put your process improvement efforts. That's great. Roseanne, any parting thoughts for you? Looking at your data on a very regular basis with your leadership, with your surgeons, and with your staff is so important to maximizing your OR utilization and stressing the importance of the efficiency of the operating room to generating more volume, more cases, more revenue for the hospital. That's all the time we have for now. Our thanks to Dr. Jay Prasowski and Roseanne Zagone for their expertise on the topic of surgical services throughput, operating room utilization, and thanks to all of you for listening. If you're interested in learning more about these topics or speaking with our subject matter expert, please email us at picollaboratives at visioninc.com. Please join us for more knowledge on the go. Subscribe today, like us, and send us your comments. From Vizient's PI Collaboratives team, I'm Marilyn Sherrill. 